You're listening to the Screeners Podcast Network. From the big screen to the small screen and everything in between, this is the Screeners Podcast, where all media is appreciated, but none is safe. Hello and welcome back to the Screeners Podcast. This is Daniel. And I'm April. And that's it. It's just the two of us today. We are here with a bonus episode. You know, you'd think more people would be able to join us. What do people have going on these days? But alas, it's just the two of us. Who knew with such blockbuster content today that it would just be you and I for this episode? Who would have uh, thunk it? Yeah, who would have thunk it? So we do have two reviews for you today. It's a double feature bonus episode, the the rarest of bonus episodes. So we are going to be talking about Scoob, the, the new animated reboot of Scooby-Doo, as well as the Netflix miniseries, The Eddie. All right, before we dive into that stuff, we want to remind you all the boilerplate stuff at the beginning here. Follow us on social media. We really want to uh, interact with you guys there. Let us know what you think of the stuff we're reviewing. Let us know what you think we should review, especially now as we're kind of making it up as we go along. Uh, let us know what you want to hear about, uh, and uh, and we'd love to interact with you guys there. Make sure you also rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. It helps other people find the show, so we really, really appreciate it. All right, with all of that out of the way, let's dive into our first event tonight, our review of Scoob. (laughs) Maybe it's time we made our new movie. Good idea, Scoob. But first we need a trailer. Oh, oh, can you do the trailer guy voice? Hmm, well, let me give it a shot. (laughs) In a world destroyed by evil. Discover the epic origin story. The greatest team of heroes in the history of mystery. Not bad. Nailed it! The IMDb synopsis for Scoob says Scooby and the gang face their most challenging mystery ever. A plot to unleash the ghost dog Cerberus. Cerberus? Cerberus, whatever. Sure. Uh, The ghost dog Severus upon the world. As they race to stop this dog apocalypse the gang discovers that scooby has an epic destiny greater than anyone imagined this stars will forte shaggy mark Wahlberg, this blue falcon among others this is directed by tony servone and it has a million writers so i'm not going to name them um yeah so before daniel and i give our take i actually have my three-year-old daughter raylan here who's watched this movie uh with us and so we're going to hear what she has to say to give you a kid's perspective. Okay, Raylan, you're going to speak into this microphone, okay? Okay. All right, so what did you think about the movie Scoob? Um, um it's just good, and I didn't know, and I really liked it, and I liked Scooby and, and Jackie. You liked Scooby and Shaggy? Yeah. How many times did you watch it? Um, how many times? Two times, right? Two times. Wow. <laughs> Three times. You watched it three times. Yeah, you started what? it on a third time. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to say hi what was to the Daniel, best? my co-host? Yeah. Hello. 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 Hi. Hi. What was the best part of the movie? Um, it was it was it was a scary part. Ooh, the there was scary a scary part, part was the best part. Yeah. Because you're so brave. Yeah. Wow. Who was the favorite? Who was the the your favorite character? Um, Subi. Oh, of course, of course. Scooby's awesome. He was funny, wasn't he? Yeah. Do you want to watch Scoob again sometime? Yeah. Do you re- do you would you recommend that other kids watch Scoob? Yes. Okay. 
Rylan approved. Well, there you have it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you can go back out now. Love you. One more time. Oh, you want to say one more thing? Yeah. What? Okay, what? Okay, okay, one more thing. Go ahead. Um, and, ja- and Jackie's my favorite person. Shaggy? Yeah. Shaggy, Shaggy. yeah. Yeah, Shaggy's he was good great. too, wasn't he? Yeah, that was both of them are funny, silly. They're funny yeah. and silly. Yeah. <laughs> bye. All right, bye. Bye. <laughs> so now Daniel and I will give our adult perspective of Scoob, the uh, reboot of this pretty loved franchise, I would mm-hmm. say. Uh, yeah. So Daniel, uh, why don't you tell me what all, I guess, your history with Scooby-Doo and mm-hmm. the that whole, just all those characters in general, and then mm-hmm. just your general take on scoob okay i'm not the biggest scooby-doo fan ever i i I like it i i'm i'm pretty sure i wasn't allowed to watch it as a kid i I Hmm. think maybe because there were ghosts and monsters and things like that um uh, mom you're probably listening if you if you uh correct me if if i'm wrong on that i I do remember watching it sometimes as a kid but i'm just not sure if i was allowed to so um but but because I did watch it periodically, I I have like a solid. I feel like I have a solid enough appreciation of Scooby Doo mm-hmm. um, at this point. And I watched you know the the live action ones, which were okay. Which James Gunn wrote. I always forget that. It's wild that James Gunn wrote those. But yeah, so so I have I feel like I have enough appreciation of Scooby Doo, even if it's not like a deep seated love of it. So um, I really do think there's a lot of potential for it as a franchise for animated films because it's it's kind of a unique unique. Story, unique characters, kind of unique mm-hmm. setup for for animated fare these days. So that's actually why I'm pretty disappointed with Scoob all around because they took all of the things, anything and everything that made Scooby Doo unique, and removed them from this film. The '70s setting, the the team dynamics, the mystery machine for most of it, um, and biggest of all, the, the the hunt for ghosts and monsters. Like, yeah, it, technically it was the ghost of that dog, but like. This was a freaking superhero space adventure. That's what this movie was. Mm-hmm. This movie was not, you know, Scooby and the gang, like, searching for some monster or something like that. There was no, none of the horror elements. I'm using air quotes there because obviously it's not a horror series, but you know what I mean. Like, it's, right. that that was the whole setting of them searching for, for ghosts and ghouls and monsters and all this stuff in a, in a kid-friendly fashion. So, they took all of that away from this movie. None of that exists in this movie. They, there's, there's a brief haunted house section at the very, very beginning of the film. Outside of that, they never do a haunted house, anything of that nature. So, that it just made this the most generic version of Scooby-Doo they could have possibly made. If you had asked me before watching this, what's the most generic thing you could imagine them doing in Scooby-Doo. I wouldn't have even said superhero space adventure because that wouldn't have even been at the top of my mind. It's, it's even more generic than I could have imagined. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just, it's just boring. I mean, this movie is probably fine for little kids. Obviously Ryland approves. So there you go. Um, <laughs> uh, but anybody else, if you have any, if you have any sort of love for Scooby-Doo or anything like that, even if it's more than me, I, I, I got to imagine you're disappointed with this because it's just, it doesn't seem like Scooby-Doo at mm. all. Correct me if I'm wrong. Are, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm jumping the gun here a little bit. Are you are you much of a fan of, of Scooby-Doo? I wouldn't say I'm a fan of Scooby-Doo. I did watch the cartoons growing up. I mean, I, I really enjoyed the cartoons. Yeah. I wouldn't say it was my favorite cartoon, but if it was on, we'd, we'd me and my brothers would be like, oh, let's just watch Scooby-Doo. It was kind of so one of tell, those shows. Tell me if I'm if I'm wrong. I... I I don't think Scooby-Doo used to speak in full sentences. Am I right? Like I don't 
think so. I feel like as the cartoon went on, he started to say a little more and more, like in newer versions. Okay. But I mean, he was always able to communicate a little bit, but it was right, but it I, was more always, like Shaggy understood him and everyone yeah, else was like... Yeah, I thought it was more like one word here or there. Like he would repeat a word or say mm-hmm. something like a, like a joke word or something like that. But here in this movie, he's like... He's just, he's a full on talking dog. Like he's right. just talking in full, complete sentences, which felt very strange to me. But, but again, I'm not the biggest Scooby-Doo fan, so maybe I've got that one wrong, but. Yeah, I but honestly yeah, oh, don't remember <laughs> too much. So overall, I'll wrap up to, so I can pitch it to you. But overall, I, I just, I find the animation bland. Overall, there's not a, not a lot of depth to the imagery. It's, I just, I miss all of the elements that make Scooby-Doo unique. Um, so it just feels so generic and, and it feels so outdated. I mean, there's an entire sequence and and a callback uh, based around simon cowell i mean yeah that, what? that was that was super random i mean i appreciated it but that's because i watched american idol sure and loved simon cowell like and I'm 15 like years ago 30 something yeah <laughs> right. yeah i don't know what so, kid's gonna get that it was just like what movie is this is this made in 2008 like it was just so odd let me ask you this that. did you have much experience watching hanna-barbera cartoons um, no, not really. I, I think I watched the Flintstones quite a bit, but that was, that's like the only Hanna-Barbera cartoon I really remember watching much of. So, so I know there's a lot of callbacks and, mm-hmm. um, according to IMDB, this is the, uh, this is the beginning of the Hanna-Barbera cinematic universe. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know how well that's going to take off, but I, I, I think I appreciated those callbacks, even if I don't have the history. Mm-hmm. Um, like I appreciate the idea of, a Hanna-Barbera universe, even if it's a hilarious thing to say, mm-hmm. but man, I was just, I was just bored. This movie's not bad. It's just like boring as heck. What did, what did you think? Did, was it different watching it with, with, with a, a kid who's, who's enjoying it? Yeah. I mean, probably. So here, here's my take on it. So I, it definitely is not a Scooby-Doo movie. I, I agree with that. If you are looking for a Scooby-Doo mystery, this is not that film. I feel like this is just my, this is my uh, I guess, theory on how this movie came about. I feel like this was a script in its own right, had nothing to do with Scooby-Doo. Mm. And they were like, hey, this probably is not going to get made as is with no, no no-name characters. So let's mm. make it a Scooby-Doo movie. And they did throw in a little tidbits to make it Scooby-Doo, like really more throwbacks than actually mm. in the plot. But um, anyway, that's just my theory. I have no idea if that's true or not. And it had a million writers. I feel like anytime yeah. you have a film that's got several writers, it's it's already not going to be the best because anyway, you, you don't want to. I, I wonder, uh, I actually wonder if not that it was a script, not having to do with Scooby-Doo. I, I think, you know, the director, Tony, whatever his name is, mm-hmm. um, this is his first theatrical release. He actually directs a ton Quote, of unquote, straight to theatrical. DVD no straight to, well yeah yeah sorry this wasn't actually theatrical i should say it was meant for theatrical right, release right. but uh he he actually does a ton of straight to dvd or straight to vod hmm. like like scooby-doo films so right. i have a feeling that's that's what this was gonna be and then they're like well hold on what we might as well capitalize on it and make it a full-on theatrical release and so that's why it was so weird because because they do all of those scooby-doo scooby-doo meets so-and-so movies like all the time right straight tv so i feel like that's what this was scooby-doo meets falcon fury and uh, yeah. but then they just i don't know i don't know sorry go go ahead yeah anyway i all that to say is i actually if you take the whole like, concept of this is supposed to be a Scooby-Doo movie, I actually enjoyed it. I didn't hate it. I mean, there's some random things. There were some little jokes that I thought landed. And I thought 
the story was kind of fun. I mean, super convoluted, of course, but um, my daughter loved it. And I mean, she we had the 48 hour rental. And so she watched it twice and started to watch it a third time. And I was like, okay, no, that's a little too much screen time. Try to be a good, (laughs) good parent for a change. Um, But yeah, so I I think kids are going to like it. I think if you go in knowing it's not really a Scooby-Doo movie, you'll get, you'll enjoy it more. I think if you are someone that really loves Hanna-Barbera cartoons, there are tons of Hanna-Barbera Easter eggs. And I actually watched a few um, Hanna-Barbera cartoons growing up. So I recognize a lot of the characters, which is kind of fun. But yeah, other than that, it's not really, it's not a film I hated. I certainly didn't hate it. I wouldn't even say I didn't like it. I, I think I liked it. But it is not like not a Scooby Doo movie. If if I if I'm yeah. just judging it based on the Scooby Doo, it's like eh, wasn't really a Scooby Doo movie. So it's kind of hard to really judge it. But this, yeah. but outside of that, I it was fine. It, there was nothing necessarily terrible about it. It was just fine. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I I. I... I'm more annoyed by it because yeah. uh, of, of it should have been a Scooby Doo movie, uh, mm-hmm. and it's just so generic. I agree. It's not. It's not awful. It's not. Uh, there weren't things that I hated, but it's just. It's just boring. Like I just. There's nothing to set it apart when Scooby Doo is such a unique thing that it, it could have been at least, even if it wasn't great, it could have just been right. different. And I feel like this was. Just like any other animated crappy DreamWorks film, whatever. Scooby-Doo is supposed to be like your murder mystery for kids where there's something to solve, where you're trying to figure it out. And they, that, that was the most appealing thing about Scooby-Doo, I think. And they completely took that part out of it. So that, I was a bit annoyed by that as well. Totally. Um, What did you think of the voice acting as a whole? I thought it was fine. It took me, um, my husband, uh, Beecher, he just watched The Willoughby's. I don't know if you've seen that netflix i have not watched it yet i hear good things though yeah so will forte is one of the voices in that and he called it like within the first minute he was like oh i can't Mm -hmm. not hear will forte and then as soon as he said it then i could not not hear will forte either (laughs) so yeah i mean that's the thing about will forte like he's hilarious i think will forte is great yeah but he's not exactly a like he's not a chameleon like his, his you always know it's will forte and um and so yeah i totally agree like he didn't sound like Shaggy. He sounded like Will Forte kind of doing a hippie. Like, right. it was strange. I, I feel like because they decided to make the switch from this being a straight, well, ironically, straight to VOD to theatrical right. turn straight to VOD, I, they went off, went after, like, a quote-unquote all-star cast, like Zac Efron mm-hmm. and um, uh, I forget who else uh, does, does the voices. Uh, Gina but, Rodriguez. Yes, yeah, yeah. It, it, it was just like the voices were totally unremarkable it was like yeah. why did you pay zach efron to do that voice i didn't when... even know it was zach efron i was like exactly it, and so the only voice i knew was will forte when i'm not supposed to know that it's him it's supposed to be shaggy and so it was right. just it was just weird it was just all around yeah. it was just a strange film so that i have had a potential. super random question for you and i promise yeah, yeah. you i'm going somewhere with this okay. um did you ever play the american idol game on ps2 I'm dating myself. You know, I don't think I did. I've, I like have vague memories of that existing, but I don't think I played it. Okay. Well, the the way that their graphic for Simon Cowell in this movie, I swear, mm. was identical to his graphic <laughs> in the American Idol PS2 game. Wow. So I I had major flashbacks in the film. Yeah. Whoa. That's the thing. It was like it. It was an outdated reference, and also. 
the animation was just like strange because oh you know what I it, it didn't actually occur to me until just this second it actually reminded me of um, Shrek they did a Simon Cowell thing I think it was either Shrek or Shrek 2 like on the DVD special features hmm. they had they had Simon and Paula and Randy like do some sort of competition I don't know remember what it was what it was and hmm. it was the same thing it looked like weirdly trying to be realistic depiction of him while the other characters are very cartoony it it, it was just weird mm-hmm. it was very strange yeah no i agree well, it was it was definitely not what i was expecting going into yeah. a scoob movie okay well before we move on to our review of the eddie we'll just do our if you recommend people mm-hmm. rent it because that's the only way you can watch it currently you know you can actually buy it through amazon I don't know if yeah, you had the yeah. buy option. I was like, oh, interesting. Anyway, so you could rent it or buy it, I guess. Uh, or should they skip it or just wait for it to come on streaming? What do you think? I definitely, I paid $20 for this and I don't I don't think it's worth $20. Now, my caveat is that uh, my kids are, are a little too young for movies. They they like short thi- short TV episodes and that's about all they can they can manage right now. And so I paid this, paid 20 bucks for this and watched it by myself. And um <laughs> And that I wasted my freaking money. So, yeah. um, so it's if that's how you're gonna watch it, absolutely not. If you're an adult who's a Scooby Doo fan, I, I gotta imagine that you're gonna be disappointed with this. So, I can really only answer for myself. So I'm gonna say wait to stream it. It's not awful. It's just very boring and forgettable. So, so you could you could stream it if you've got nothing else to watch. Um, I I'm curious to hear your answer though because you paid twenty dollars and watched it with your kids and uh, Raylan wanted to watch it multiple times. So right. do you feel like the $20 was worth it? For me, the $20 was definitely worth it. I mean, my mm. daughter, she's three. So she's, she is starting to get to where she can watch full movies, but she will rarely sit down and watch a full movie. Mm. And she watched this full movie twice, not in the same wow. day, but back, wow. like back to back days. So, and, and literally <laughs> this is a really funny, this is a funny little tidbit, but last night, when she went to bed, because we rented it yesterday and then watched it again today. Beecher sometimes goes in there and sits and she falls asleep better. Anyway, it's a whole thing. But she randomly, while she was going to sleep, she goes, Daddy. And Beecher went, yes. And she goes, is it okay if I'm thinking about watching Scoob again? (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, yeah, you could think about it. She goes, okay. Because that's what I'm just over here thinking about when I'm trying to fall asleep. I'm just thinking about Scoob. (laughs) So... She wow. went to bed thinking about it, and she woke up the first. She asked me several times this morning if she could watch Scoob, and I didn't even tell her that we had the like that we could watch it again. Yeah. So she she was a big fan. Wow. So wow. I don't know. Maybe they've got it. Maybe they've. She's almost four, so she's a little older three. Um. But yeah. I mean, I, that speaks to something. Yeah. I mean, really. I mean, she loved it, and she doesn't watch like she doesn't sit through whole movies all that often. So. Hmm. That was that impressed me just in and of itself. So it's yeah. not super boring. So yeah, I think if you have families and you have young kids, I think this movie's probably more like ten and under. I think it's totally worth it. If you're anything other than that, it's it's probably a stream. I, I don't think it's completely a waste of time. I think if if yeah. you're streaming it, it 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 could be worth it. So definitely right. no need to do spoilers on this one. No, no, <laughs> no need for spoilers. Um, so with that. Why don't you take us into a review of the Eddie? You're pretty fantastic tonight. First time I've seen my clothes full. You always seem to get it right. Hey, bonsoir. On est fermé. Hey, 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 hey. 
I'm here for money. What's wrong with you? How much do we owe? Triple. Your club has debts. Your club has big problems. On a mis tout ce qu'on a, tout, tout, tout ce qu'on a dedans. The IMDb description of the Eddie reads. A French club owner deals with the everyday chaos of running a live music venue in the heart of Paris. Now, the Eddie was created by Jack Thorne, and the first two episodes attracted attention because they were directed by Damien Chazelle, his first TV outing. Uh, the, the show stars Andre Holland, Joanna Kulig, uh, Amanda Stenberg, and many other French actors, and I'm not going to attempt to butcher, butcher their names. So, The Eddie, it's a, it debuted on Netflix, got eight episodes, it dropped on May 8th. Um, I have watched the entire series. April, I know you've only watched two episodes, is that right? Yes, I've only seen the first two. And actually, okay, so I started the third, but I didn't get through it. Gotcha. Okay, so you've only watched Damien, Damien's episodes, haven't yes. watched the rest. Um, so obviously, we won't dive into spoilers because of that, but I don't think it's necessary anyway. So let's, let's just dive in. April, what did you think of The Eddie? Okay, so first of all, I didn't know anything about this show until, other than that Damien Chazelle was part of it. I didn't really know mm -hmm. how he was part of it. Uh, I guess I thought he created it or whatever, but really he just directed the first two episodes. Right. Um, so anyway, I knew nothing about it. And for whatever reason, with the name The Eddie in my head, I was thinking, oh, it's going to be a fun little comedy. It was <laughs> not that. Um, so I watched the first episode. I really only watched it because I knew we were, we were reviewing it, full disclosure. Oh, Daniel, I don't know if I've like cringed my way through a f opening episode of a show mm, like that in cringed. a long time. It was like, it was so slow. It was, I, I just, I had a painful time getting through that first episode. I almost didn't even watch the second. Um, but I actually liked the second episode a lot better than the first episode. Um, but it just felt, uh, and and this is obviously not a full review because I've only seen the first two episodes. Mm -hmm. But it did. It has not captured my attention. Like I, I don't plan on finishing it because I just have zero interest. Like I, I have enough interest to maybe read, or you tell me what happened. Because <laughs> I'm like, cool. Yeah, I think I'd like to know what happened, but I don't want to spend six more plus hours figuring out figuring it out. So, mm. yeah, I just felt like nothing happened in the first episode, and like not to the very end, really. And you just had these like. It felt like forever scenes of them just playing music, which if you're a jazz fan, I'm sure you would appreciate that. But jazz is fine for me. And um, it was interesting, though. I kind of forgot for a second that Damien Chazelle did it. And there's an opening mm. sequence of shots that I thought, oh, this feels like La La Land. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, well, that's why. Duh. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just and, and I know they shot on film, but it was almost too grainy. I thought I didn't mm. like the cinematography. It was very shaky and I, I guess they were trying to go with like a more realistic feel and I think they nailed it but it was almost too realistic because I felt like I was just watching life happen and it wasn't very interesting I feel like I'm just hating on it but I oh gosh <laughs> I just really didn't like it at all I, it's rare that I just ugh, and literally like I, I watched it by myself so I didn't have like distractions or whatever but like Beecher my husband just like walked through and he'd be like are they playing music again? It's like, yes, they are. And nothing <laughs> is happening. So, yeah. But the second episode uh, that fo focused around his daughter, I actually thought that was more interesting. Mm. Um, but it still wasn't enough to, like, fully hook me. It was just, like, <sighs> mm. I, just, I, I struggled with it, Daniel. 
I struggled with it. Did it get better? So you loved it? Yeah, I loved it so much. <laughs> Please tell me it got better. So you you all know, it's well documented on, on this podcast, my love for Damien Chazelle's films. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I he, when we usually when we discuss what we're going to review on this podcast, it's a, it's a discussion, you know, we'll pitch ideas and we'll agree on what we're going to review. And uh, with this one, it was no, I, I demanded we are reviewing you the totally Eddie because <laughs> I demanded it because because of Damien Chazelle. I'm just I'm a huge fan. He's one of the most exciting filmmakers. Um, La La Land is one of my f- absolute favorite films of all time. And Whiplash and First Man are, are just yeah, wh- amazing yeah. as well. Um, and so I was super excited. I know he didn't create this, um, but still, you know, him. it's a new directorial project from Damien Chazelle. So, um, so that's still exciting. Boy, what a letdown. Um, my goodness. <laughs> um, my, to answer your question, no, it doesn't get any better at all. Oh Not at all. Uh, my friend Michael Schwartz said it best. Th- there's no there there. It's just like, there's just nothing. There's just nothing there. Let me start with the positives because it'll be brief. Um, I actually <laughs> do disagree with you. I, I, I enjoyed the visual style. I think that is the best thing about the show. Um, hmm. I, I think they they went with like a 70s French, like almost neorealistic kind yeah. of setting uh, with the film and with it. But, it, but, it, but also it's set in modern day. So I right, thought that, that was that an was interesting like, juxtaposition. This is confusing because it, it did feel like an old style feel, film. But that but is, it was that's modern. what I appreciated. I, I, I liked that it was an old feel. It definitely, it felt like it was set in the 70s visually, mm-hmm. but it is set in modern day. I actually appreciated that juxtaposition. Hmm. Um, but you can also tell, so you said you started the third episode. Did you, could you tell the visual shift that kind of, that kind of happened after those first two episodes? Uh, oh. No, I don't think I watched enough of the okay. third to tell that. So, yeah. I mean, it's not drastic, but it definitely loses something. They, only the first two episodes were shot on film. The others were not. Interesting. Um, yeah, Why was that's that? a Netflix. That's a Netflix rule. Uh, no more than I think it's eighty percent or seventy percent or something like that of a of a series can be shot on film. You know, cost it's just cost for financial reasons. reasons. Yeah, yeah. Huh. So, uh, but they allowed because it's Chazelle. You know, right. they they allowed him to do his episodes that way. So um, maybe I would have liked it better than if I kept watching. I don't know. I I thought it would took a downturn. Um, in hmm. the third episode, there's a, there's a whole sequence of. Um, well, I guess it's kind of a spoiler. I don't want to get into it, but it, there's kind of a, a party of sorts in in an apartment where the cinematography is terrible. It like totally changes styles. It's like it's just very strange. Um, so it was a huge step down uh, after his two. Not huge. It was, but it was a. a, a uh, noticeable step down uh, after the first two episodes, and then the performances as a whole, I think, were strong. Um, Andre Holland and, and Amanda Stenberg were especially mm-hmm. good. Um, I agree with you. The second episode, um, I'm trying to think, is probably the best episode of the series um, uh, because it focuses on on the daughter character, and mm-hmm. and I, I just think Amanda Stenberg's a, a really interesting actress, yeah. um, and so I, I think she did a really a really good job, but. Man, let's get to the negatives. This show has no energy, no. none, zero. I mean, it. There is just nothing propelling this show forward at all. It's not so much bad as it is just an utter bore. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it was so boring. I think they believed that this world was unique or interesting enough to just like dwell there without much plot just like hang out yeah. in this world and the reality is it is not each, unique or interesting and enough each to sustain episode's that. like over an hour long Oof. it's ridiculous Oof. oh boy 
This is eight episodes, eight hours of TV, and this story could easily, easily be edited down to be maybe an hour and a half long movie. Um, Seriously, it could be an it could just be a movie. Yes, and and honestly, it might have been a decent movie um, if it was that short because there are elements of the plot that are interesting. Really, if you break it down, it's about Andre Holland. He owns this 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 jazz club, and it turns out his business partner was involved in some shady dealings, and so there are some kind of people who are trying to trying to go after him. And meanwhile, the the, the jazz club owner Andre Holland he he is kind of trying to make his comeback. Um, in jazz as well. So that's kind mm-hmm. of, that's the plot, but it, there's nothing that requires eight hours of TV. I mean, Oh my gosh, it was so, so much fat. It was just six and a half hours that yeah. just, it was just a slog. It was I feel like honestly they had a movie a and they're like, what if we stretch this out to eight episodes yes. and wait half of it up each episode is just them like hanging out at yep. the club. Yep. It, it was, nothing. <laughs> rough and here's the thing so i gave a somewhat negative review of little fires everywhere a few weeks back um i called it mediocre i had tons of problems with it and i still maintain those things but here's the thing even though i had way more specific issues with little fires everywhere um which i, I believe isn't wasn't as well made as the eddie i think the eddie is well made um the reality is that at least little fires everywhere tried something interesting right um it had enough plot to sustain it's eight episodes the eddie may may not have the enormous plot holes or or things that made me roll my eyes but it is so forgettable there is not a single thing that is memorable Mm -hmm. or unique or special about this show Uh, in a year if someone mentions the eddie to me it'll take me a solid few seconds to even remember what you'll just think of that cartoon network show ed ed and eddie (laughs) right there you go (laughs) Uh, so yeah, I, I'm April. I am so disappointed. I am I'm so, so sorry. Bu- you <laughs> I'm probably so had such high show. hopes. Yeah, I did. So I really Damien did. finally let you down, huh? He let me down, man. I, I really, I, I, it was a slog to get through this. It was, it was tough to pull myself up to watching all eight episodes. I'm surprised no, you did. I couldn't make it. Yeah. I literally started the third and I was like, nope. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> no. honestly, after the second episode, I was like, man, am I really going to watch more episodes of this? <laughs> um, because it, it honestly, if it wasn't that Damien Chazelle directed any of it right. and that we weren't reviewing it, I absolutely would have given up. There's no yeah. question I would have given up. But uh, even even eight episodes is not a lot of episodes, you guys. And that's how no. hard it was for me to watch this show. No, it's um, like watching paint dry. It really is. And that, and it should say something. This story... As boring as we were talking about it, I agree. Watching Paint Dry is a great comparison. This story involves murder. It involves <laughs> yeah. stalking. It involves uh, jazz. Drug it involves addiction. Drug addiction and um, all sorts of It's got of all stuff. the interesting elements. And but. it is so boring. <laughs> so, yeah, I just, um, the biggest thing is just no energy. None at all. And I yeah. do think it's more of a writing issue than a directing issue. Um, I think I think yeah. the script is real, real weak. But, yeah, um, man, that's that's about all I have to say on it. It was, it was really rough. Hmm. Did you have anything else on The Eddie? No, just, a, just <laughs> avoid. Don't even watch. It's... Yeah, I, it's not. It's you know, very rare that I tell people like not even worth your time. Yeah, no, and I, agree. I didn't watch the whole thing, but oh my gosh, it was just, it was yeah. very painful to sit through. There, <laughs> there is nothing there. You know what's funny? I watched, um, I watched Hollywood, another miniseries on Netflix. Did, have you watched that? I have not. 
So it came out, uh, I don't know, end of end of April, I think. Okay. Uh, it's Ryan Murphy, who I am very hit or miss on. Um, but uh, it, it's a story about old Hollywood and these actors trying to make it. And it's, it's very glossy and all that stuff. Classic Ryan Murphy. And I, I am shocked to tell you that I enjoyed a, a new Ryan Murphy project so much more <laughs> than I enjoyed a new Damien Chazelle project. Wow. But that's where we're at. And... Uh, yeah, so go watch go watch Hollywood. The Don't next watch time the Eddie. you start like fangirling over Damien Chazelle, I'm just gonna say the Eddie. <sighs> I'm still gonna fangirl over Damien Chazelle because <laughs> he is still one of the most exciting filmmakers working today. I he think is, he's. He I, is. I mean, I am so excited for his next project is called called Babylon. Going to be about old Hollywood as well. Uh, it's going to star mm-hmm. Brad Pitt and Emma Stone. So I'm down. I'm there. But uh, this one, this one, just didn't work for me at all. So, I don't think we need to go and do our recommendations because we've already said it. There's no, yeah, there's no. no need, skip. no need to watch this. Yeah, it's a skip, and I'm, I'm super disappointed to say don't even watch a new Damien Chazelle project. No. But he didn't create it. He didn't create it. So whatever. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that about wraps it up for our double feature bonus episode. Let us know what you guys think. This was kind of a downer of an episode. I know. We, it uh, really was. Bash, bash Scoob. We bashed the Eddie. <laughs> Uh, man. I, I did say Eddie. you that you could watch Scoob, though. Scoob wasn't a total loss. Uh, watch Scoob before you watch the Eddie, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, thousand percent. Uh, anyway, I would so. I pay to watch Scoob, like, a hundred times before. Like, you couldn't pay me to sit through <laughs> all eight episodes of the Eddie. Wow. I don't think. Uh, somebody owes me money for sitting through it. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, that wraps up our episode. Uh, join us next week. We're going to be reviewing the new Netflix film, The Lovebirds, uh, which we are excited about. So join us for that, and we will see you then. And that's a wrap. You've heard what the screeners had to say. Now you be the critic. Head over to ScreenersPodcast.com and let us know what you think. See you next time.